This is the Regular Pastor Podcast. My name is Landon Coleman. I'm the preaching pastor at Emanuel Baptist Church in Odessa, Texas. Today I am talking to Hunter, the big cat Sigler, and Les, a.k.a. Corey Spear. It's a special day today on the podcast. It's the first time on the podcast we have had a guest on on their birthday day. Yeehaw. Corey's birthday today. How old are you today? 27. Again. (laughs) How old do you feel in your brain? Well, with recent surgery on my foot, you know, I would think about 55 would be good. You feel older than you are? Just kidding. How old do you feel? Uh, Probably all of 42. 42. Mm. Man, 42. How does it feel to be the oldest male in the office? Well, you definitely left out the word wisest on purpose (laughs) and with uh, some legitimacy there. So, uh, I don't know. It feels good being the oldest, I guess. I'll let you young guys have all the wisdom and I'll just uh, (laughs) be old. Old and old. At least you're not the slowest staff member. This is true. (laughs) I am not the slowest. Hunter's moving a little bit quicker today. He was sick yesterday. Mm. What percent are you today? Just, I want the podcast listeners to be able to know when they listen, are you at 90%? Are you at 30%? Are you at 100%? <laughs> I'm definitely not 100. I'm probably more about 60, 70. 60, 60, 70. So this is not going to be your best effort. No. <laughs> Uh, which one of you goobers actually put the plunger on my door? I know it wasn't Crystal. It was totally Crystal. She did the Easter eggs, too. Yeah. It was not the oldest in the office, or the office staff. It was... So it uh, wasn't Angie. It was the slowest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, today we are going to basically rip off another podcast. Uh, the Gospel Coalition posted a podcast uh, yesterday or day before... And the podcast title, it was actually a repost uh, that they had shared before, but the podcast title was, How Big Should Your Church Be? And I think um, there was even a video on YouTube. It looked like maybe a breakout session at one of the Gospel Coalition conferences or something like that. It was a discussion between Matt Chandler, Mark Dever, and Kevin DeYoung. Um, Several of those guys... Um, De Young Endeavor. We've read their books mm-hmm. here in staff and elders. Um, so they're guys that we like. What was interesting to me is they titled the discussion, How Big Should Your Church Be? And I'm not sure they ever answered the question mm-hmm. in the podcast. I didn't so feel I, like they did. I asked both of you guys to to listen to it. Just briefly, your thoughts about the discussion as they kicked around this question, how big should your church be? What, what did you walk away thinking from that podcast? Well, I think, you know, my, my first reaction when I came in here office to talk to you about it was I didn't think that they answered the question. Um, I thought they danced around it a lot and, and made some justification points about the size of their churches that they're in. And those, those sizes would be, I think they said, Kevin DeYoung is about 500, Mark Dever's about 1,000, and Matt Chandler's like 455,629. <laughs> pretty close. Like yeah, you're, you're pretty just, close right there. There you go. 
Um, so none of those guys would fall into the category of what I would call a regular pastor. They all, Kevin DeYoung would be close to that, but Kevin DeYoung's a celebrity pastor. He writes books and he speaks at conferences and yeah. people know him. And that's a name that gets, you know, instant recognition in a lot of circles. So um, your thoughts when you listen to it? Yeah, I thought, you know, the arguments that they were making, and I thought of the average size of churches, and uh, for the for a regular pastor, I would say that those guys are all in big churches. And I thought some of the arguments uh, that they had going back and forth were really just arguments for uh, how their size church could do it better than the other size church, mm. and, and just all the different aspects that come with different sizes of churches. So Chandler's church is so big, the discussion almost turned into to kind of focusing on the village, mm-hmm. talking about how did you get so big? Why did you get so big? Did you want to get so big? Did you not want to get... I mean, it, right. it was just kind of a strange uh, discussion. And I just listened to it. Again, I like all those guys. I've benefited from their writings. Um, I like listening to them speak. But listening to that particular conversation... I turned the podcast off and thought that didn't help me as a regular pastor think through that question at all. Mm. I just listened to a bunch of celebrity pastors talk about their churches and it really didn't have any application to me or benefit to me. Um, not a knock on those guys. I don't know what the, the setting was or how much time they had to prep or think through it. Um, but it was a, it was an interesting podcast. And so what I wanted to do is just talk about that question uh, with a couple of my favorite regular pastors, how big should your church be? If somebody threw that question to you, Hunter, what do you think your first comeback would be or your first thought in answering that question? How big should your church be? My initial reaction is I don't think it, it necessarily matters how big the church is. But with that, there's definitely some some caveats to go along with it. I mean, I think that any church needs to be successful in being biblical and um, he's not answering the question again. He's not answering the question. (laughs) Dodge. Well, I think my, no, my answer is I don't think it matters. Okay. Um, I think both big churches and small churches can be unbiblical Mm. and I think that they can be off point in their mission. Um, and I think that both big churches and small churches can be biblical. And so I don't I don't necessarily know that it, it matters what size the church is. So if you say your comeback would be it, it doesn't really matter how big it is. You shouldn't worry about that. Would you say that a certain size church is too big? Would you say that a certain size church is too small? I don't think so. I mean, I think uh, certainly as your, as the church grows, that the staff needs to grow with it. Um, you have to have adequate leadership in place to lead the flock uh, in a biblical way. I mean, if if your congregation is so big that the staff can't reach them, then yeah, you're too big. But if the staff is growing with the congregation, then I think it it's probably okay. Okay. What do you think, Mr. Less? I know some of the uh, things that I looked at um, in the last 24 hours was uh, it depends on the church. I mean, it depends on 
the city that the church is located in. It depends on uh, how, uh, you know, even the dynamic of who you're trying to reach. Uh, are you trying to reach everyone? Are you trying, because I have some friends in the Kansas City area and their main focus is outreach to um, homeless people and people who are living in poverty and their church isn't going to be massive because they're trying to reach a, a, a different dynamic of people. Um, and so, that, is, that is one thing. I think it was Kevin DeYoung brought that up in the podcast at one point because he is not in Dallas, Texas. He's right. up north in Michigan. And I think one of the ideas he was driving at is, you know, in Dallas, Texas, a big church is thousands of people. Mm-hmm. In the Rust Belt or in New England, a big church is 500 people. Right. Um, if you're in a small town in Oklahoma of a thousand people, that's probably going to have an impact on how big your church Absolutely. should yeah. be or is. So some of those things definitely play into it. All right, I interrupted you. Go on. Yeah. So <laughs> where where you where you're at the type of people you're trying to. Um, really reach out to uh, it's going to depend on you know if you're a, a kind of like what hunter hit on if you're trying to do what god has called you to and be a biblical church that is focused on um doing it the right way then if there's a church across the street that isn't really focused on that and they're focused on um Tickling the ears, or however else you want to say that, and they're going to draw a crowd, and and that may affect your numbers as well. If you're in the same vicinity of a of a church that is trying to people please rather than hmm. trying to do it the right way, and that, and that may affect your church size there. So. Okay, this is an interesting conversation. I just I just had lunch with a guy today, just an hour ago. He's from North Carolina. He's lived in Odessa for about ten years. Uh, he's been visiting our church for about three months, and he made the point at lunch to tell me we have a huge church, <laughs> intimidating to him to walk in because of how big it is. Um, the Sunday school class he visited is probably about the size of the oh. church he grew up in and spent most of his formative years in. <laughs> and so that guy comes to our church and feels like we are way too big, in a sense, um, wow. within the last month, I've had a conversation with somebody who visited our church and said, it's just too small. I'm used to something bigger. I'm used to more people. And so certainly when you answer this question, your personal experience plays into what do you think is too big or Absolutely. what do you think is too small? I mean, I'll ask you guys here in a second. I grew up in a church that ran 800, 900, maybe close to 1,000. Um, in Kentucky, Brooke and I attended a church that ran 500. Um, the first church I pastored was 100. And then the church that we were at in, in Kingfisher was similar to to Emmanuel, 300 or so um, in worship. And so that's kind of been my experience. The biggest church that I've ever been a part of at its biggest moment was right at 1,000. I've never been a member of a mega church uh, by definition, you know, having 2,000 regular um, in attendance. So, Hunter, your background in church is churches of what size? Uh, 
Well, I grew up in a church that was about, they would claim about 3,000 on roll, but they'd probably run about 1,500 on a Sunday. Um, And that's... That's where I grew up. That's where I That's spent my first normal. ministry. Yeah, so that was very normal for me. So going from from that church to Emmanuel was a, a big shift. What What was the biggest shock, difference, change going from a church running 1,500 to a church running 300-ish? I think for me it was um, that I wasn't isolated in my ministry anymore. Uh, at my last church, I kind of... I was involved in student ministry, and there, there wasn't much involvement in anything else. Uh, there were it was kind of a its own silo. Um, and coming here, I, I do a lot more than student ministry, hmm. and that probably has some benefits. Yeah, absolutely. And probably has some limitations or some frustrations at times as well. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting, Corey. What about you? Grew up. What was normal church size for you? Well, when my parents took me to church as a child infant, our church size was about 75, and then um, maybe 100 on a, on a good Sunday. But then when, we, when I started going to church in junior high, I went to my church, and we, we were about 2, 250, so uh, a little bit smaller than here at Emmanuel. When I moved to Emmanuel, uh, we were probably running around – 500, so it felt amazingly big, uh, coming from around 200 to 500 when you, in that aspect. And uh, like Hunter, uh, even when I moved here and not knowing anyone, it was very much a you're in the youth ministry, you work over there, you help over there, and there wasn't a whole lot of church involvement as well. And and of course that's changed over the years and. Uh, as my <clears throat> roles have changed and all that thing, it, being involved in other aspects of the church has just come along with the job as well. So, so that's interesting to me because you've been here at Emmanuel when Emmanuel was larger, mm-hmm. and you've been at Emmanuel when it got smaller, mm-hmm. and now you're at Emmanuel where we're kind of back in the middle-ish. One better than the other? Pros, cons, advantages? Well, I guess when we were at our largest when I was here, um, it really was a matter of I didn't know a lot of people. Uh, I knew some people, and especially the people— And you worked here at the time. Correct. I was was on staff here at the church, and the people that I knew the most were the youth ministry parents who was involved in youth ministry and anyone that helped in any way with youth ministry. Beyond that, I did not know a whole lot of what happened in the church or— I knew what happened in the church, but what I mean is I didn't know a lot of the, you know, if the senior adult ladies were doing something, I didn't have any clue of what was going on. Or if something in the church happened, I, I didn't know what was going on. Is that a negative? Uh, negative and positive, both. I think it's it plays into both ways because, one, uh, there's a disconnect between the church family there, uh, but there's also... When that happens, there are people, when it was larger like that, guess what? We had a pastor that was over that. I didn't have to worry about it because there was someone taking care of that. Mm. And it let me be able to focus on the teenagers and going to the junior highs and doing what you know a youth pastor should be able to do, So, yeah. which was very helpful. 
I think that's a, a thing that a lot of regular pastors look at when you're, say, pastor in a church of 100 or so, yeah. which is normal in the United States. For all of what you see on the internet or social media, normal is 100 or so. Right. Um, I think a lot of those guys wish they had paid people who could dedicate time to leading certain things mm-hmm. so that they could focus yeah. on what they really felt called to do. Um, and you kind of talked about that at, at uh, the last church you were at. You were able to do that to some degree. You had an area and you could laser beam focus on yeah. it. The negative is in that focus, you lose sight of the larger body. And it almost, just in talking with guys and some of the things I've experienced, a church can almost turn into less of a family and more of a collection of ministries agreed, that operate agreed. under the same roof. Yeah. Um, I think there's. I think that's a little problematic, on some level. I know it's probably inevitable as a church grows, but I think it's a little problematic when a church staff feels like I lead this ministry here, and another person feels like I lead this ministry here, and those ministries never cross paths, never intersect. Um, those groups of people may stay completely isolated from each other. Um, I think the picture in Acts is much more fellowship, much more togetherness, much more older with younger and Agreed. adults mm-hmm. with children and mixing. And that's not to say, you know, everything has to be family integrated. But I think when you silo up, sometimes that happens because of size. Mm-hmm. I think you can just have different ministries operating uh, within a church. So. What I don't want to do in this conversation is totally dodge the question and not answer it. So I guess the first thing I would say is, whatever the number is, when a church, this is Landon's take, when a church gets so big that different ministries can silo off and isolate themselves from the larger life of the church family, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, and if that has to happen to keep things moving and the wheels turning and things operating, <clears throat> it may be worth looking at things and, and reevaluating how you do things or how big you are or how big you need to be. Um, I know in one of Tim Keller's articles that I read, um, he talked about as he was going through different size of, sizes of churches and talking about the pros and the cons, he said, when it gets so large that you have that happening. He says it's almost like many churches within the same church building. Hmm. So even though you still meet together, you still worship together, you almost have all of these different many churches within the same church building because you never cross paths. So, mm-hmm. And to his point, he says that's one of the negatives of it. But then again, it goes into the positives of, then you have people who are specialized to do those things, and you have pastors who are equipped to do that. So there are pros and cons to both. But I agree with you that when you get that large and that starts to happen, you already have separate churches starting to happen anyway. and Meeting in the same building, correct. in the same facility. Right. Yeah. I'll say this on the flip side, too. Having pastored a church of 100 on a good Sunday 100, um, maybe this is just a consequence of 
my background when I walked into that church was larger. Church I grew up in is eight, nine hundred. Church I had just been attending was five hundred. I walk into pastor a church of a hundred. I always felt like we were too small, not too small to make disciples, not too small to gather for worship, but I always felt like we were too small to do all of the things our people wanted to do. Hmm. And what I mean is there was this expectation that if we're a real church, we're going to have this program and that program and this program because all the bigger churches have these things. We want to have them too. And what ended up happening is the same 10 people led all of those programs Mm -hmm. and didn't do any of them well. Hmm. So overall ministry was just suffering and on life support because everyone was exhausted trying to keep up. And as an outsider, my advice would usually be, well, we need to do less. Well, no one wants to do less. That feels like giving up or surrendering to people and... Um, there were some struggles with that, but I remember as a, a pastor of that size church, just thinking, if we're going to try to do all of this stuff, I really wish we could merge with the guys down the street mm-hmm. or with the guy up the road and we could take their 50 people and our hundred people and put them together. And maybe the same 10 people wouldn't have to do everything, everything. and we would be so exhausted. So that's a tricky question. I don't want to say that a church can be too small, but I know from experience that I've, I've been in a church where I felt like it was too small, too small to do all of the things that that church wanted to do and have all the programs and the activities. And uh, anyways, that was, a, that was a challenge. Hunter, any more thoughts as we kick this around on what is too big, what is too small, how big should your church be? can't remember um what book it was or who who said it but there was a book i read in in my grad classes about um baptist history that one of the guys said that a church should never get over three to four hundred people hmm. it should never exceed the pastor should always be able to know everybody by name hmm. and if he doesn't know everybody then you need to plant mm-hmm. i don't know that that's the magic number i mean i don't know that there is one um I do agree with you that if it gets to the point where people are isolated in ministries and there's no crossover, I think you're you're in danger. What do you think the danger is? Uh, well, I think there's there's several, but some of them I, I think that there's there's no this cross discipleship from generation to generation, right? And I think that's that's a really big um, issue. Um, Because I think that that's one of the main um, missions of the church is to disciple the younger generations. Mm -hmm. Um, And and coming from the bigger church that I was at, we didn't really have that. I mean, we had we had a lot of adult leaders, but that was the only adult interaction that students got was with their leaders. It wasn't with any of the older uh, adults in the church. And so I think that 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 would be one of the primary uh, issues. Yeah. I like what you brought up about the uh, two to four hundred or whatever, and a pastor ought to know his people. I think I think you can make a biblical case for that. When you think about the idea of shepherding, a shepherd should know his sheep. Hmm. And 
the counter argument to that somebody you know who's who's at a larger church would say well I'm the over shepherd so to speak and I know the under shepherds and they know the sheep and we filter it down that way I understand that um, but I, I think personally I'm I'm a little more comfortable with uh, like Richard Baxter um, the reformed pastor and he talks about how he used to visit his people this is just from the the Puritan age he used to visit his people um, all of them he tried to hit every home every family as often as he could once a year more than that to visit with them to be in their homes to talk to them and I know that's a different age and a different time and there's some things you can't apply today but the principle behind some of that was as the pastor he wanted to know his people and be involved in their lives on some level and if you're going to do that it's going to cap you at some point yeah. um, if you want your leaders to know um, to know the people and to be involved in them in shepherding them um, but do you think a pastor can truly even shepherd 200 people no no Can a pastor know 200 people, yeah. 500 people, maybe 1,000 people? Yes. Yes. Can he shepherd them? No. Right. Um, and, you know. Well, that's where the staff comes in. Absolutely. Staff, elders, yeah. other leaders, teach Sunday school teachers. Um, and that's a that's a Moses principle. Back to Jethro saying yeah. you've got to appoint some people to Absolutely. help you and, yeah. and to be involved in this. Um, I think a, we've kind of been talking around it. I think an important piece of this discussion is just to step back and say what's the what's the mission of the church? What's the purpose? And we would all agree we want to worship. We would all agree we want to reach people. But if you're purpose is making disciples. We want to make disciples who then can turn around and make disciples. Right. Um, that's going to affect how big you are or should be or can be yeah. and how you think about planting or how you think about campuses or how you think about a lot of different things, programming. Um, if your mission is to make disciples, um, there comes a point where as you grow, you're either going to have to stop growing, meaning plant another church, uh, have a, a separate campus, you know, however you want to do that, or you're going to have to change the way you do things to continue to make disciples. Right. Um, and part of that question is, look, we would all agree and we should make disciples, but then there also comes the question of in your context, what's the most effective way to do that? And it might look a little bit different in Michigan than it looks in Dallas, Texas uh, for Matt Chandler. It might look different in a huge city like Dallas than it does in a city in Odessa. Um, so there you go. At the end of it, I guess we have not answered the question at all. <laughs> How big should your church be? Any you, you brought some stuff in here you looked up. What are your last thoughts here? One of my, one of my favorite things that... Uh, Dr. Lawless said when he talked about church size is that the people who are most impressed by the size of your church are usually the opinions that matter the least. Mm. And he said, strong, less impressed believers will be more concerned that you're faithfully following God. And I think that's what it really comes down to. There's going to be a thousand opinions on 
your church size. Some people are going to think it's too small. Some people are going to think it's too big. But the ones that really count are the strong believers who truly do see if you're, are they, do they have a heart to follow after God? Do they have a, a heart to send people around the world to um, make disciples? Are they making disciples themselves? You know, has their baptistry been filled this year? Are they mm-hmm. are they reaching out to people? And I think people, the opinions that matter the most are the ones that are going to truly seek that out. And regardless of whether you're a hundred or a thousand, if you're doing those things, you're being used. Are you a faithful follower? And I think that if that happens, you're, it doesn't matter how big or small you are, as long as you're doing those things and doing them well, then I think uh, you're doing it right. So. I like that. And as you talked about that, it made me think of the reality that churches are organizations. They are institutions. And as any organization or institution grows, there is always pressure to maintain what you have and to continue to grow. And I think that only increases as you get larger. Mm -hmm. I think as a church grows, there's more pressure, whether it's good or bad, there's pressure just to maintain what's going on. Right. And I think a, a pitfall for a larger church uh, where we would look at some churches that are super huge and say maybe they've lost track of things is they lose sight of mission. Mm. Where, what are we here to do? And they begin to think about how do we maintain what we've got or how do we continue to grow at the rate that we've been growing. Right. Um, because if you grow at a rapid rate, then you stop. Well, that then stopping is disappointing. Right. And so sometimes I think focus can shift. And at that point, I would say, okay, you're too big. Like you're so big that you've lost focus on what it is that you're supposed to be doing. And you guys know as well as I do, that could happen when you reach 300. Oh, absolutely. That oh, yeah. could happen when you reach 1,000. Mm-hmm. That could happen when you reach 10,000. It could happen at different <clears throat> stages, but there could be a point where objectively, objectively you look at things and say, okay, you're too big. Not because you've hit a certain number, but because you've lost focus yeah. of what you really ought to be about. And now it's about maintenance. Now it's right. about this building. Now it's about this program. Right. And I think that was an issue in in my church uh, in Kentucky. I mean, we're a tiny church, a, a quote-unquote normal church, Um but programs and buildings were so important that they had lost track of what we were really supposed to be wow. doing. Yeah. And in a sense, you could look at that and say, well, 100 people, you're too big. You need to be smaller. And maybe that would help you focus on what's important and essential uh, to the life of a church. So any last thoughts before we kick it off? It's good stuff. Good to go. Well, uh, I appreciate you guys visiting with me and and uh, talking it through I hope it's helpful for guys. Again, we didn't offer a, a number any more than the other guys did, but maybe we maybe three seventy two. That's 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 it. Three hundred seventy two. We'll land like with that. Three hundred seventy two. That's how big your church. Once you get to three seventy three, you should do a church plant. There you go, or a campus and a video screen, <laughs> or church discipline and kick somebody out. There you go. Come on, preach. There you go. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Regular Pastor Podcast. Check out our website, regularpastor.com. Till next time, this is the Regular Pastor out.